everyone. Welcome back to Spiel the EMVT with me, Veronica, the founder and director of clothing brand EMVT and your host. I've got a really good friend of mine here with me today, Nick. I met Nick a few years ago. I think it's about four, five, five years ago now. Five years ago. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, at university and we were on the same course. And then um, we clicked really, really quickly. Um, he's He's such a positive light in my life and I know that sounds really kind of cringe but he really is and I'm so thankful to have him as a friend I always feel like I can talk to Nick about anything um which is quite hard for me to do generally with people so I think that I can't think of anyone better right now that I could bring on to the podcast because he's a very kind of wise person I'd say you are you are unbelievably kind (laughs) (laughs) and yeah I'm really really happy to have you today we're going to talk about a lot of different things today and um we're going to talk about a lot of important subjects and topics, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. So, Nick, say hello. Hi, how are you doing? Um, yeah, I, I remember the first time we really clicked. We were in that um, that bonus lecture that they made us do on our course, and that absolutely oh crazy woman came in and gave that gave that speech that was just um, just terrible. And we were all in the group chat, just trying lectures. not to. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, you sat yeah, next we tra- to me. I was sweating yeah, yeah, yeah. from trying not to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, our I faces were like all red. Like it, we, no, we were like crying, but time. not laughing. Like yeah, we were trying because we knew that we would get in trouble if we if we started laughing. I remember yeah, looking over yeah, at you, and we, you were we weren't red. allowed to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was Loki a very stressful time, but it was so funny. We were all just in the group chat, just like just saying, well, just. Loki quite mean things about the woman's headband, but it was funny. Um, oh, that, I think it was Jack that started that. It was so funny. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so funny. Someone, someone, really nice someone found the headband on Amazon. That was a that was a funny moment. Yeah. It was so funny. I mean, that was a really kind of turning point in our friendship because we realised just kind of how well we got, like how similar our senses of humour were. Mm. Mm. I think that was such a great moment for us because after that, I was like, you know what, Nick is actually hilarious because I feel like, yeah. you know, you... That was the key point where people were starting to get to know each other better. Because we our course was really, yeah, proper really small, bonding moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was tiny. It was, yeah, there can't so... there can't have been more than maybe thirty to forty of us in total, which is madness for a for a big course. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was really interesting because after that, everyone seemed to form groups, and then mm. we kind of just dispersed. But then, but at the beginning, it was really nice because we were all quite tight knit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry I left. By the way, you guys all carried on doing doing the course, and I I deserved. Yeah, it. Nick changed courses, so he ended up leaving us, and the group kind of we had we had a little group going on. Well, yeah, we 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 still had a good time, like maybe twice a year. It wasn't it wasn't quite twice. the same. Yeah, I do yeah, regret yeah. that though. I do look back on it, and I think that I don't like to look at life with regrets, but that is one thing that I wish I'd gone back to and kind of yeah easily made the most of and spent more time. Well, it's it's it's, it's hard when you barely go to uni in the first place, isn't it? <laughs> and well, we, we had a good time we Everyone we, we did like newcastle night. and stuff like yeah we did. it was we, we had some good times i still only t- first and last time i've ever been to newcastle but i what i remember was excellent first and last yeah 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 i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm still still meaning to go back obviously but it's just a bit you far away isn't it? i'll come with you i want to go back to york and visit so i'll definitely come back with you fantastic yeah let's do it let's do it Tour of the North. the North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you in the North? Uh, do you, do, you, no. do you know Nottingham is Nottingham is not no. the North. Nottingham is not the up. North. Behave, please. <laughs> and if you if you try and argue with me, I will I will kick off. I will kick off. 
What would you classify as Midlands? Yeah, of course I would. And Southerners Go say on. the Midlands is is the North, and Northerners say the Midlands is the South because they're they're all they're all wrong. That is why it's called the Midlands between both, isn't it? Yeah, because it's in the middle. It's very basic. Exactly. I don't, I don't just, get how it's, yeah, a, it's It's not a hard concept to wrap your head around, to be honest. Yeah, they make it more difficult than it needs to be. They make it more complicated. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so do you want to tell everyone a bit about yourself, what you've been up to, how you've kind of navigated life after graduation, especially in the pandemic? Um, oh, well, it's been, it's been a, a rocky one, to be fair. Um, I so obviously everyone has a dream for what they want to do or just a vague idea of what they want to do after graduation but obviously graduating in the middle of a pandemic was very difficult um, I was unemployed for a bit and then doing like little jobs here and there like getting a week of work in, in this like warehouse for example um, doing school uniforms that was mad um, now I'm working I'm working in a Tesco um, which is, is good it's good fun the people are really really nice Um I'll be honest. I haven't done loads since uh, since graduation happened. Um, I uh, to be fair, I, I went on a little uh, six person holiday to Cornwall when we were allowed, when it was legal. So that's oh, all, yeah, that's all that. above board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was really nice. Um, got a tiny bit of sunshine. Uh, we sort of we we ruined the hot tub. And uh, we smoked cigarettes on a balcony, and it was lovely. We, uh... You have to kind of clarify that you don't literally mean you were in the hot tub. No, no. Okay, so um, <laughs> well, some what, people what, will take that literally. <laughs> what, what you're what you're supposed to do before you get in is shower. Um, none of none of us knew this. We were all just like, "Oh, it's a hot tub. Sick. Let's all get in, have a good time." And by like day two, it was this really murky color. <laughs> we stopped no. using it straight away. And if you if you want it to get cleaned while you're there, you have to pay like fifty hundred quid, something like that. Um, and they like it's it doesn't like come out of the fee that you pay to be there. But like we weren't we weren't. Oh, we were just like, oh, we'll just not use the hot tub. It's not that important to us. Uh, but it was it was good for a couple of days. It was a really nice time. Yeah, I didn't actually fine. know you needed a shower before you got onto hot tub, but that makes sense. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, of course, because like especially if you've been out on on the beach or whatever, you're covered in sand, maybe a bit of sweat, been in the sunshine, like you are disgusting. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so it yeah. it makes sense, but more foolish, I guess. I like that you're kind of honest about the fact that you haven't really been up to much, because I think for the most of tw- for kind of large part of 2020. Um, I mean, I wasn't either, and I found that quite difficult. Um, and obviously, for a long time, to be honest, when when EMVT was becoming kind of um, more of a business before it actually properly launched as a business, as a legal be- business, it wasn't really anything. Which is a few ideas here and there, but it really didn't take up much time. And so I occupied my time kind of picking up different hobbies and trying different things. But even then, it just got a lot because you spend so much time yeah. thinking. I think that's mm. one of the worst things is that's why I'm so much better when I'm out and about because I'm I'm doing less, well, it's going to make it sound stupid, but doing less thinking. Because yeah, when no, I'm alone, no, I overthink and I go down, I spiral yeah, and it's really yeah, difficult in that sure. sense as well. But also the comparisons, so like things like LinkedIn, the comparisons, you go online and you see everyone doing stuff and you're like, you're getting jobs or things like that. And you're just like, well, I'm here. Well, it's 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 like doing doing nothing is always bad. It's like when people talk about how lottery winners so so often get really really depressed. It's not because oh the money's bad. It's because they quit their jobs, but then they've not learned or thought of a way to fill their time with what they have to do now, and so they just do nothing all the time, and that's always bad. And 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't think people should work themselves into the ground, but at the same time, yeah. like you need to do, you need to do something. You need to do something, whatever that is. And that's just yeah. so like during lockdown, especially when it was cold, like you were just stuck indoors. You try and see a mate outdoors and, oh, well, this is nice for like two hours, you know, covered in coats, having a single beer in a park. Like it's not really, it's not really, um, it's not the same as summer lockdown where you could be out. I mean, particularly when the rule of six was introduced, you'd be out with like five whole friends and you spend an entire afternoon in a park having a nice time. And like, it's, I mean, parks have got a little bit, you know, a little bit boring, but at the same time, yeah, it's still, it's, it's better than just sitting in front of your laptop, just watching Netflix and doing no else. Yeah. Well, have you had any low moments? in I mean 2020 or 2021 have you had any kind of low moments throughout maybe not just the pandemic but just in general maybe not affected by the pandemic or maybe it was you know but do you have any particularly low moments because I feel like I mean are you comfortable talking about that yeah 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 more than those low moments if you've had any you know um yeah well obviously um as you know uh my uh my mate took his own life in I think it was early early June I barely even remember now you know um and that was obviously uh that was incredibly rough incredibly rough for us and it's sort of the 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 year from there spiraled for us that was that was why we were so uh, determined to go on our holiday as well because um it was it was important that we got that time together I mean this I probably shouldn't say this on like a podcast um immediately after it happened we all broke lockdown rules so bad there were like, there were eight of us, I think, um, living in someone's house for a few days just to like go through that process together, um, try and, you know, start to come to terms with it, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, get drunk, obviously. I, don't, I, I would never, I would never advocate like, oh, drinking is a solution to something. But for us at the time, it was like, we, being sober was incredibly painful, like really difficult. Yeah um because yeah I mean it was it was it was such a violent thing like how it's just taken away from you like that so um yeah yeah so did you guys find it all quite helpful being around each other and talking about it I mean did you talk about it or did you just all yeah. kind of be in the same room and just process it alone do you get what I mean it, it was it, it was it was a mixture of both to be fair and absolutely I think um it made it made stuff easier and make more sense because it's such a it's such a it's it's not anything that any of us have really had to deal with ever before um Mm -hmm. and an an older relative dying we've all had that and it's sad but it's not quite the same like the yeah the the sudden absence of so in such a in such a stark way um it was important for us to to be with each other to process it and I think um yeah we we part of it was trying to celebrate his life how they do at funerals which is what we all convinced ourselves was the right thing but actually it was so recent and so sudden I think that um it it was just uh that was that was probably a bit misguided and in reality we just went and we were just sad together we talked about it a bit um but we didn't talk about it too much we just tried to play a few games um but it's not like kind of take your mind off it yeah yeah and like you know there, there are a few moments where we were just enjoying ourselves um but like his you know his absence was the reason that we were all together in the first place and so we couldn't really go 
any kind of any kind of length of time without it. like it's just constantly like they're prevalent in your mind in those yeah. in those days immediately after but i mean i i still i treasure the time that we got to spend together because it would have been it would have been so much harder afterwards i mean the amount of uh, <laughs> the amount of crying that was done uh immediately after getting that phone call off one of his friends um having to make those phone calls to everyone else um it was a it was a horrible yeah it was a horrible time and then crying together i mean you're still crying and you feel dreadful but like it was um it was better it was much better um yeah and it was good that we we all had other people in our lives as well that actually were so supportive um and i was just i had i had people in my messages just constantly checking up on me sending me messages making sure i'm okay like it was really yeah it it meant a lot to me then and it still means a lot to me now and i think about it a lot the way that people sort of rally around you when you when you they know you're going through a tough time so that was a yeah when you when you went through it did you find that you valued like do not really valued do you find that did you find that you kind of appreciate well I can't really think of a the right way to describe it did you kind of um did you feel like you wanted that attention on you being like you know are you okay or did you kind of think I need to get away from all of this I need some alone time how did you kind of deal with it for me personally I desperately desperately wanted people to message me um Mm -hmm. I know that that wasn't the same for all of my friends and um a couple of them, when when we were all together, were just like phone away, like I'm here, this is me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to communicate with anyone. And it is, I think that's important to note that grief is so different for different people. Um, and you know the similarities are that it's you know it's hurtful, um, and that's sort of everything else can be so different. But for me, I really, really wanted to get those messages from my friends, um, and when I did, I just appreciated it so much. People were incredibly kind. Um, and just said the the loveliest things. And the thing is, nothing you can say will obviously make it better. But yeah. knowing that people are trying to say something still still means a lot. And also, like people do say the wrong thing. Like inevitably, some people say the wrong thing. They get the wrong idea. But it doesn't like it doesn't really matter because you know that they're still trying to support mean you well. and help you and mean well yeah and that's this this sentiment of it is more important than the actual like the content of the words they're saying or sending you or whatever if you get me yeah what would you so what would you advise someone who is grieving or going through something like this what would you say would be you know not to do because a lot of people don't actually know they don't know how to other people who don't um who have never experienced or ha- who haven't recently experienced grief, they don't really know how to deal with it when it happens to someone they know. Mm. So what do you think is kind of the, definitely the, something to avoid? Don't, you know, don't go, don't, this is the wrong way to go about it. Well, is it if, if you're someone supporting if someone else someone or if you're else, the one going yeah. through it? Okay, oh, maybe, okay. Maybe both, to be honest. But I would okay. say the person kind of on the outside looking in. Well, if, if, you're, if you're the person trying to help... Um, don't say you understand unless you understand because it just feels so patronizing. Um, and also it's not true. Um, if you've not been through 
that kind of thing, then and I know that's such a self-centered and kind of like angry way to look at it. But part of you is angry at the time. You know, it's a it's a whirlwind of horrible emotions. And so someone saying that can really rub you the wrong way. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think it's it's the, the natural instinct to say or the natural thing that you want to say is I'm here for you, whatever you need. Um, you know, I'm here and that's always well received 100%. And the person will say, Oh, thank you. That's really kind of you. But in that state, they're not going to go out of their way to ask 90% of the people who send those messages for anything at all. I was um, thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah. So like they're, they're never going to be like, cause in, in that moment, you want that support, but you also don't want to feel like a, a burden at the same time. I think this um, is why lots of people don't talk about mental health in general, though. I think not just in terms of grief, but in general, people never want to, well, a lot of people never want to be a burden, so they don't ask mm, for help. So people will say, yeah, oh, I'm here absolutely. to you. But you sometimes people think, oh, you know, you, you say that, but you don't actually mean it. So you say, you say you're there for me, but you don't really mean it. Or, so it comes across disingenuine, or people think, you know, I know you mean it, but I can't bring myself to do it. Yes, do you feel like yeah. you've always been kind of that person to reach out to people or do you feel like you became more open and more able to do that or do you still not really feel that way? Um, I, uh, that's, a, that's a good question because in my head I am very open and open to talking to people about my problems and stuff mm-hmm. like this and, and happy, to, happy to talk about it. Um, in practice, it might be a little bit different, uh, yeah. but I, I, I'd, I'd like to say, I'd like to say that I, you know, I talk to my friends about my problems, and I think particularly for men, um, it's really easy to do when you're drunk, and if you get drunk, and it's also, it's also, and this is such a bad thing, and it shows how like the male psyche works. I guess it's so much easier to talk to women about your problems, um, and that's that's there's there's a lot to there's a lot of separate reasons behind that that make it make more sense for a man to talk to a woman about his problems um one of which i think is that we assume women are more like empathetic um so i i'm definitely i'm definitely guilty of that like i'll well i have been in the past now nowadays like particularly um my my friends from uni like uh seamus uh shout out seamus um, <laughs> um, and, and Harry, like I live with them in a, in fourth year. And like, we, we had like a policy almost not even like, we never even consciously made it so, but we are so open to each other. Um, but in the past, probably I would, I would be much more likely to speak to the women in my life about that sort of thing. 100%. Okay. See, that's really interesting because I, I've noticed that as well from, from the men that I know, and I never wanted to mention it because I always felt like it would receive a lot of backlash. And to hear it from you is quite refreshing, quite nice to hear. I mean, it's not obviously nice, but it's it's nice to hear because I know that I'm not just generalizing and I'm kind of, I was too afraid to kind of say that because I wanted to explore that. But it's something that I've observed. But um, why, what, what are some of the reasons? I know there's a lot to unpack and you could go on for hours about it. And obviously to everyone listening, there, there will be a part two, obviously, because there's a lot to kind of talk about yeah. here. But why do you think another reason is that men do feel more comfortable talking to women? Um, so reason reason one, I think men have a way that they want to appear. Um, uh, 
they have this image of, and I, this is obviously true for women as well, but in a slightly different way, I think. And obviously these are all generalizations right. and it's not true for everyone, obviously. But there, there is a specific me- way that men want themselves to appear and particularly to their guy mates. They like, you want to be like a, a Jack the Lad, like, you know, cracking jokes, easygoing, cool, whatever, like all of this type of person. Um, and because you're constantly trying to, be a certain way or look a certain way or exist or, or, or portray yourself in a certain way in general, um, particularly to men, then it's harder to be vulnerable, particularly because like, I, and th- th- this may make me sound hypocritical, but like, I love just like roasting my friends, like shitting on them, just like oh, yeah. saying horrible stuff. But like, yeah. you know, it comes from a place of love, but like, I think there might be a fear for some people where if you, try and have a vulnerable conversation with someone then they're just gonna shit all over your dreams and Mm -hmm. tell you that you know you're you're a way you're this you're that you're and just be awful about it but I I don't think that's the case and I think most most blokes anyway particularly in my life when when you have a more open conversation with them even if that requires you know being absolutely steaming um never ever ever has it happened where a guy's gone why would you say something so meaningful they're like oh like i hope you're okay like let's yeah. you know, let's have a chat about this um but there, there's always that fear in the back of people's heads i think i'm glad that you said that because that shows the people listening who aren't comfortable talking to people um that really does show that the reality of it that there is no kind of oh my god you're so like you're so cringe or you're so lame or you're so like weird. Yeah. Why are you talking about it? You're so weird. Yeah. Because I had that fear for a really long time. Obviously it's different for me because I am a woman, but and I'm kind of naturally, I guess, I guess more comfortable talking about my feelings than men. So, and I am more comfortable talking about my feelings, obviously with the right people, but I am more comfortable talking about my feelings. But um, I mean, sometimes I've got friends, girlfriends who I will say kind of, sentimental things too and they actually don't know how to react even if it's a sentimental thing or something quite like um not necessarily dark but kind of yeah i'd say dark if we're gonna be open about them yeah dark and they don't know how to deal with it so their reaction makes me think okay no oh my god they're weirded out by me so sometimes yeah yeah yeah. you want to tone it down say less nice things i just you know what really bothers me is that when people say oh stop being ridiculous I've had a couple of people say to me when I've reached out to them, they go, oh, stop being ridiculous, you're being so ridiculous. And I'm very, very glad that in your case and in your kind of life, you haven't had that kind of response because I'm not really sure why I received it. And I received it from both men and women. Um, But it's weird because I'm not saying that all men like this. I've received it from one man and one woman where they were both just like, oh my God, you're being so ridiculous. Mm. Do you Um, you know what it is as well? I think that some people are naturally built different like mentally so. obviously and yeah. and so i just want to say like not everyone not everyone is like oh well, your emotions are the most important thing and let's just be nice yeah. about everything all the time like some people are just built like um closed off or whether Quite that's stiff. nature or nurture yeah stiff yeah, yeah. absolutely um yeah. <laughs> also funny um <laughs> <laughs> i was uh, waiting to say as soon as i said it, i was like oh no no, I, I, I'm not going to make any, you know, particularly explicit jokes, but I just want to note the moment before we move on. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I appreciate that. <laughs> you want to keep uh, it a little bit lighthearted. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, see, th- this is a this is a thing that, and this is this is a, an opinion that I've stolen from excellent Scottish comedian Daniel Sloss, which I wish this is something I wish when I was going when I was really going through it, some people had appreciated more, and that is humor from a dark place is is such a good coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, and I and I, I know I can't expect people to respond positively, but I made a couple of really awful jokes um, here and there about about my dead mate and my friends whose mate it wasn't were the people that I was making this joke to and they didn't know how to cope with it and obviously it's a it's a horrible position to put them in when I'm trying to make these jokes but it's how I like to me it's how you express to me it. it's funny yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. and it's a it's a really good coping mechanism and also if it is funny it is funny do you know what I mean yeah so I think that's like that that's one thing that did annoy me is that no one was no one was offering me out for like a laugh about it. Okay. No one was gonna just like say something awful and like, but like make me laugh as a result, which is something I would have liked. But then maybe, maybe the people that I spoke to about it aren't built like that, which is fair enough. They're not built like that, or they're afraid to. They think that they'll get backlash because I feel like yeah, it's always nice to kind of. I'm not saying make light of any situation if it's bad, but I'm saying that you know try to keep spirits up somehow. But I think obviously process the grieving accept that you're grieving, accept that what's happened um, and start the grieving process, but also don't be afraid to kind of keep your spirits up. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to laugh sometimes. I'm not saying laugh yeah. at certain things, but don't be afraid to just laugh. Yeah, um, absolutely. Pete Davidson, who's a comedian, I don't. I'm, I assume a lot of people listening will, will know who he is. He makes a lot of jokes. Sometimes people consider that offensive, but he makes jokes as a coping mechanism for how he deals with things. Because his dad Is he the one whose dad died in 9-11? Yeah, 9/11, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he makes a lot of jokes about it, but it's not because he thinks it's funny, because then why would he talk about it? He's talking about it because it helps him kind of deal yeah. with it and helps him yeah. process it. And I feel like Pete Davidson is an exact example of people who, and Kanye West, people who get made fun of for their mental health. And then when something bad happens, they go, oh, poor guy like everyone was so mean to him like even caroline yeah. flack yeah we, but this is about men you know poor guy they were so no, mean you can no you can you can him. still talk about caroline like the same the same sort of stuff applies yeah. like she to, to be fair what she did was inexcusable like she she lamped she literally lamped yeah her boyfriend but then the way that like i'm assuming i don't read tabloids because that would be no, insane. I don't but the way I, I assume find, yeah. tabloids and papers and also everyone online went after her was also inexcusable. And like she's done something really right. Let it play out in a court of law. Like let the let the victim, um, particularly in that situation when you know that it is going to court, um, let that let that play out. And then don't 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 go after this woman. She has done something awful. But like. And then, and then as fair, soon as she was human, gone, I, like, I mean, I, I don't agree with obviously domestic, um, domestic abuse and kind of uh, violence, but I don't think that she deserved the atten- the kind of negative attention that she got yeah, from the press yeah. just because she's famous. Absolutely. Just because, you know, you could shoot something bad, but people do bad things. And I'm not, I'm not excusing her at all. I don't think that um, if she did what she did, then, you know, it's she should be charged for it. But then, yeah, but not in. She she shouldn't be kind of persecuted over the whole of Twitter and Instagram and everyone calling her horrible, horrible names. Just like you said, let it let let it kind of play out in a court of law, and just keep it keep it private. But the media, that's how the media works. Rather than trial by 
public yeah, opinion. But that's how the media works. That's how and look at Kanye West, how he was treating the media, everyone calling him all these names. Yeah. Um, and they don't really care to understand what bipolar disorder really is, uh, what it really means. And they just laughed at him and said he was crazy and this and that. And you know, it's it's really toxic. It's really, really toxic. But I mean the, and... the same thing. Sorry, go on. No, no, I no, no I'm, I'm done. <laughs> The, the, the same thing, it, go, it goes back much further, but the, the culture was more accepting of it at the time. The same thing happened to Britney Spears. Yes. And she got like, she got like hard shafted by, what was it, Justin Timberlake? Loads yeah. of stuff came out. Like that, yeah. that man is like low-key a complete psychopath. Um, and, and then she shaves her head and it's all like tabloid culture was like peaking in the late 2000s. And she shaves her head and everyone just goes after her and absolutely just digs into her. And it. And now everyone's like, so oh, nasty. you know, Britney. You yeah, know, poor just, Britney. It's, it's oh, awful. her mental health has struggled. It's like, awful. yeah, of course it did. The entire world was telling her yeah. that she was a ridiculous, like. Oh, and now, yeah. kind of look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I just think that I'm just I I need to kind of that's kind of why I started this podcast, and it's not me just kind of like, um, tooting my own horn, but that is why I started Isn't this it? podcast because, well, maybe, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me kind of saying I don't see many people around me talk about mental health and even my friends we don't really talk about mental health I have a, one of my best friends um I tried so hard to talk to her about it all and she does not respond she well doesn't, doesn't respond well yeah. at all and then when I talk about it to try and kind of maybe open the door for us our friendship she's just shuts me out but that's maybe her way of dealing with it but then I'll kind of find out through her dark humor that she makes jokes online and then she's like really going through it and I'm like okay but yeah. I'm I'm here I'm trying to I'm trying the, the, to get through is, yeah you can't you can't force someone to open up and you yeah. you can you can do your best and all you can do is be yeah. kind and supportive yeah um and I mean do, do the thing is yeah do your research there's loads of yeah articles and and academic articles and also also wiki house yeah. on <laughs> I mean terrible example I apologize but it is an example you know how to support someone who's going through it, particularly yeah. someone who's closed off. Like the information is all out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will actually link, Nick and I will link some some bits in the description. And when I post this on the MET page and my own, um, we will link this. But um, yeah, all I can say, all we can kind of say now is just, we will obviously explore part two and that will be in greater depth because there are so many other things I want to discuss with Nick. Yeah, we've been scratching but, um, the surface. Yeah. I will say just as Nick says, you know, you have to, it's it's so important to talk about it. And I think when I say talk about it, I mean, so I'm talking to the men here. I'm talking to particularly the men here. It is so important to talk about it. And um, I think that it's, it's not, it's not embarrassing or cringe or whatever to kind of talk about. It. It's also not embarrassing or cringe to kind of, to ask someone, you're not being annoying. Just ask someone how they're doing. Because yeah. I've always felt you were really sincere to me when you asked me how I'm doing. And I've always really appreciated it. So all I can say to everyone listening is just ask, just talk or ask, just bring up the discussion. If you have any spare time, watch the Roman Kemp documentary. It is fantastic and harrowing at the same time. Um, but the, the main take, some of it is, a lot of it is stuff that you have heard before. But the, the main takeaway for me was the, the ask twice thing, because social convention, when someone says, oh, you're all right. It's go, yeah, yeah, and you like you don't even it's an automated response, you don't even think about it. But when you get asked a second time, it can take you aback. And sometimes people will be like, Oh yeah, no, I'm good, mate. Yeah, thank you though. And yeah. sometimes people will be like, actually, yeah, this thing's really upset me, or like this this thing is hurting, or I'm going through this. And just exactly. just ask twice. 
um ask twice was the, yeah yeah main takeaway i've never heard that i've never heard that good bit of advice thank in you. it yeah 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 thank you that's fre- that's fresh off uh drunk friday night watching that was a i appreciate thing. that i appreciate <laughs> that a lot thank you yeah. so much nick for coming on to today's uh, episode we will explore um another episode to kind of yeah we will kind of explore yeah. some more depth um and we will explore different topics and yeah thank you so much for coming yeah Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And uh, I'll see you incredibly soon, I imagine. All right. Bye, guys. Why am I waving? Why am I waving? Why did I wave? (laughs) Bye. Oh, my my Instagram is uh, at Nick Churchill underscore. So is my Twitter. Follow up. Bye, guys. (laughs)